Good morning, siblings in Christ. Pastor Shane here, Worship Without Walls. I'd like to thank you for joining me here for worship, word, and prayer on this blessed, blessed Sunday. With that said, let us jump right into our first prayer. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we ask that you guide us and embrace us as we come together this morning. We ask that while we come together in your name to praise you, that you would help us in all that we do to hear your word and to feel and embrace what it is that you are calling us to do as your children. In Christ's name we pray, amen and amen. We turn to 388 in our red hymnal by his spirit. If Christ is in you, your spirit is alive because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. If by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. We turn to 474, Unity in the Spirit. As a prisoner... For the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope. When you were called... One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. If you have in any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. But in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Here ends this reading out of our red hymnal. Thanks be to God. Our opening hymn is My Hope is Built on Nothing Less. Sand. All other ground is sinking sand. 
turn now to our blue hymnal to our affirmation of faith within the apostles creed i believe in god the father almighty maker of heaven and earth and in jesus christ his only son our lord who was conceived by the holy spirit born of the virgin mary suffered under pontius pilate was crucified dead and buried he descended into hades the third day he rose again from the dead he ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of god the father almighty from thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen and amen. An upward look brief service of joyful anticipation. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old older order of things has passed away. I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. On no day will its gates ever be shut, for there will be no night there. Nothing impure will ever enter it nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Let us turn now to the Book of Psalm. And our psalm for this morning comes from Psalm 33. In Psalm 33, verses 1 through 12. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous. 
For praise from the upright is beautiful. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make melody to him with an instrument of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully with a shout of joy. For the word of the Lord is right. And all his work is done in truth. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord, the heavens are made, and all the hosts of them. By the breath of his mouth, he gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deep in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He makes the plans of the peoples of no effect. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The people he has chosen as his own inheritance. Here ends the reading from the book of Psalm. Thanks be to God. Our next hymn for this morning is Be Thou My Vision.
Let's open our Bibles to the first reading for today, which comes from the book of Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 9. Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. And Lot went with him, and Abram was seventy-five years old when he departed from Haran. Then Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people, and the people whom they had acquired in Haran, and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem, as far as the tabernacle tree of Moreh, and the Canaanites were then in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your middle. Nope. To your descendants I will give this land, and there he built an altar to the Lord, who had appeared to him. And he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel. And he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the west, east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. So Abram journeyed going on still toward the south. Here ends our first reading. Thanks be to God. And thanks be to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with us now and always. Siblings in Christ, friends in Christ, God invites us to hold the needs of our dear siblings as dear to us as our own needs loving our neighbors as ourselves. We offer our thanksgivings and our petitions this morning on behalf of the church and of the world. First and foremost, I want to lift up those who are on our prayer list. Robin, Nick, Ace, Dan, Caden, Courtney, Lennox, Nikki, D, Linda, Beth, Max, Ray, Nora, all of the Pats that are on our list, Bonnie, Chris, Muriel, T, Lance, Bob, Val, Timoth, Rihanna, Thomas, Brianna, we lift up to you our siblings in the LGBTQIA plus community. We lift up to you our BIPOC siblings. We lift up to you, Lord, those who struggle day in and day out with mental illness, as well as those who are sick and in your need. We ask, Lord, that you would continue to watch over them and bless them, that you would continue to be with them and strengthen them, that you lay your healing hands down upon them, Lord, and grant them health. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. For Lord, we ask that you hear our prayers, God of power, and through this ministry of your Son, that you would free us from the grip of the tomb, that we may desire you as the fullness of life and proclaim your saving deeds to all of the world. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Our next hymn is Awesome God.
back to our blue hymnal. name of Jesus. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that in the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God on high. Here ends a reading from our blue hymnal. And let us turn now to our second reading for today. And our second reading comes from the book of Romans, chapter 4, verses 13 through 25. For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham, or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void, and the promise made of no effect, because the law brings about wrath. For where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore it is of faith 
that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who he believed. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Who contrary to hope in hope believe so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken so shall your descendants be, and not be weak in faith. He did not consider his own body already dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and the de deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through one belief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform, and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us. It shall be imputed to us who believe in him who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered up because of our offenses, and was raised because of our justification. Here ends our second reading. Thanks be to God. Siblings in Christ, please join me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, leading us not to temptation, but delivering us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us continue forth in prayer, God of eternity and God of the next moment. We offer our gifts today. Having heard your call through Jesus to follow, remind us again this day that being a follower doesn't end at the offering plate. There is a weight to this call, one that demands we not only say yes to following, but that we also say no to thousands of things that will lead us away from the discipleship path. Guide us that we might not wander off the road. In Christ we pray. Amen and amen. With that said, at this time, if you feel so compelled to tithe with us today, you can click on the links in our profiles, go to our webpage or go to our link tree. And there are ways to tithe with this ministry. And this month, if we get anything we get in, we'll go to help youth who are in need. Siblings in Christ, we open our Bibles once more to the gospel of our Lord. And our gospel of our Lord comes from the gospel of Matthew, the ninth chapter. We are going to begin with verses 9 through 13, and we're going to transition over to verses 18 through 26. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, follow me. So he arose and followed him. Now it happened as Jesus sat at the table in the house that, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with the tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard that, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, but go. And learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. 
we now go forth to verse 18. While he spoke these things to them, behold, a ruler came and worshipped him, saying, My daughter has just died and come and lay your hand on her and she will live. So Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for twelve years came from behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, If only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer, daughter, your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour when Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the noisy crowd wailing. He said to them, make room for the girl is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. But when the crowd was put outside, he went in and took her by the hand and the girl arose. And the report of this went out into all that land. Here ends the scripture reading from the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to Christ. And thanks be to our Lord Jesus Christ for all that they have given. With that said, siblings in Christ, that brings me to my message for today. And my message for today is a message entitled, What's Needed? First and foremost, I want to start off today by talking about the term need. And if we look into the dictionary, we see the term need defined as something that someone must or should have. Now, when we think about things that we must or should have in our lives, we have to think about things that are not wants but things that are necessities. It's a necessity for us to have food and water. It's a necessity for us to have some sort of shelter in many forms. A place to rest our head and so forth. But what other necessities do you find? For some, we have a necessity in regards to interaction with others, right? We, as human beings, thrive on that interaction in some cases. But in our gospel today, we see, ultimately, Jesus. Look to Matthew a tax collector, in that day and age considered to be the worst of worst among the Jewish population, amongst the Jewish siblings, because they had ultimately turned their back on fellow Jewish people and went forth to serve the Romans at that time, right? And yet Jesus sits there and looks at Matthew and says two words. He says to him, follow me. And according to the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew stops what they're doing and goes and follows Christ Jesus. We also see that in the Bible, Jesus spoke about giving people what they need. And he used a little bit of a parable when he described this. Or metaphor. Because there were those in the crowd, those, as the Bible says, the Pharisees that saw Jesus sitting with Matthew and with other tax collectors who in that day were considered sinners, but ultimately were just looked down upon because of what they did for work. And ultimately, Jesus sat with them, spoke to them, and shared with them 
But those that were of the law sat there for the church, sat there and looked at his disciples and said, how dare he sit with them? And Jesus heard this and says to them, those who are healthy have no need for a physician, but those who are sick do. Now in this passage, if we read this literally, we look at it from the standpoint of saying, those who are sinners need Jesus for repentance and redemption. But if we look at it deeper, we are all that sinner. We are all that tax collector. Because we are all humans. This always brings me back to the scripture passage where Christ sits there and speaks up for the woman who committed adultery and says to the crowd that was ready to stone her to death, thee with, who is without sin cast the first stone. And one by one they dropped their stones and left until all that was left was Jesus and this woman. And she looked to him for figuring he was going to condemn her and instead he didn't. He told her to go and to sin no more. He forgave her of all that she had done. You see, the only one that is the judge and jury over us in our lives is the Lord above. And yet, in our day and age, there are many that will sit there and use Scripture to condemn, to judge, to persecute. And that is never our job. But what's needed is our job. And what's needed is the love of Christ shared to the world. I want to read a little bit out of the Red Hymnal again. It says, If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose, doing nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility Consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only on to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. And I reread our hymnal partially as part of this message this morning, because what's needed, as I said, is the love of Christ. And how do we share the love of Christ but by using but but by using his example? And his example was to go and sit with those that the rest of the those in power and of law in the church deemed unwelcome or unclean. His example is to go and to share a meal with the tax collector. As he said, those who are not sick don't typically go to the doctor. I understand in today's world that we do go see a doctor once a year for an annual physical. But in most cases, unless you are sick, you don't go to the doctor on a regular basis. You're not striving to go to the doctor on a regular basis. But yet, as we continue through this, we see time and time again where ultimately Jesus is telling us and showing us how to be loving, how to show love to the world. In our hymnal, it tells us it's by putting others' needs before ours. If you recall, Christ told us to go and to clothe those in need, to feed the hungry and help the sick, right? 
he didn't tell us to fly around in multi-thousand dollar planes and jets and to sit there and sell out big stadiums for worship. He told us to be humble. He told us to humble ourselves to help someone else in need. And if there is one thing that I can do here on this platform with this ministry in teaching Christ's love, it is hopefully to plant the seed of love within your hearts and what it means. Because we sit there and we think about what's needed. We think about that we all want or need love in our lives, right? But many of us forget that we have the almighty love, the love of Jesus and the love of God in our lives. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only begotten son to die for us. If we think about the scriptures, we see that many things come through faith, right? We have faith in Jesus Christ and his love. We have faith in what's to come through Christ Jesus, the heavens and eternal life. But yet many of us struggle day in and day out with things like loving ourselves and loving others. We struggle day in and day out with working to understand the truths in which Christ wanted us to understand. We struggle to sit there and look at scripture and say that we have it all together. We struggle to live up to what Christ has called us to do. And my belief in some cases is that might be why many Christians nowadays are much easier to sit in a pew or seat and listen to somebody in a pulpit tell them what they're supposed to do and they don't do any other research or thinking on it. The preacher told me that I'm supposed to condemn homosexuality. The preacher told me that that is a sin and they are damned to hell. The preacher told me that if I don't remain fearful of every little thing, that I'm going to go to hell. That I have to pay my fair dues to the church or I'm going to go to hell. That I have to walk the straight and narrow as this preacher of this building says or I'm going to be condemned to hell. And yet the only person that we are ever supposed to listen to and many of us forget to, is Jesus. Because Jesus is telling us what's needed. He's telling us what's needed through God's love, through his example of God's love to the world. <coughs> Sorry about that. We see in the second part of our gospel today that a woman just knew that if she touched Jesus' cloak, that she would be healed. And as soon as she did, she was healed. And in other gospels, it says that the power came, was drawn from Jesus and healed her when she touched the cloak. Now, in some cases, and in many cases, depending on the church and the people within, something like that, they would sit there and look at that person and be like, oh, why are you here? You need to go to the back. You can't sit up front. 
And I've seen this time and time again with different churches that I've gone to. Where the level of being welcoming is more of a mask for their deeper beliefs. Or in some cases, there's no mask at all. And depending on the color of the skin or hair or clothing, when they walk through the door, they are already known that they were not welcome. I find it interesting sometimes when I look at signs out front of the churches that I drive by. And you have many signs that sit there and it will automatically say, All are welcome in bold. And can you imagine if you were the person, the individual, and maybe you had color dyed hair, pink, blue, green. Maybe you have a rainbow tie-dye looking scalp, which is most likely very beautiful. But you walked into this church, and it's an older building, and there's probably older congregation members, and younger, give or take, depending. You walk in this building because you are down on your luck. You've gone through everything, and ultimately you were just looking for a little glimpse of hope. And you remembered as a kid that, you know, you felt connected with Jesus a little bit, and you had faith that what you learned about Jesus was true. So you wanted to go and you wanted to hopefully get that like banger of a sermon delivered to you so that you felt uplifted again and you felt a little bit better about yourself because unfortunately, selfishly, that's what we do when we go into those situations. We look at it from the standpoint of this is what I want. But the problem is the other people that are already in that congregation that have been pulling the strings from behind of what's okay and what's not. They also only want to hear what they want to hear. They only want to see the people around them that look, act, in their similar belief system as what they have. So what ends up happening is they alienate anybody new that might be a stranger coming through that door. And I say this from experience. Now... I've had a couple different experiences with this. Some were just being prejudgment. Others were situations where, at least my belief is, if you are a pastor of a ministry and you see someone who is not part of your typical congregational flock, that you as the shepherd are supposed to welcome that new person in. Make them feel welcomed. Make them feel wanted there. The worst thing I could ever say for a pastor to do, and it's something that's been done to me, is to make eye contact during service over and over again, and yet not once come over and say, Hi, so glad you could be here. None of that. And I've done in-person services before. I've run small community church congregations. And I had individuals come in off and on for different services, whether holiday services or just a regular, any old Sunday. And the first thing I did when they came in was to welcome them. The second thing I did was thank them for attending the end of service and invite them to come back again now I'm not saying I'm perfect by no means but with that said that is what's needed of the churches nowadays they need to be opening and accepting and unfortunately what tends to happen is the churches become accepting of those who are part of the original congregation and they alienate away those who have different ideas or different mindsets. And again, I know this from personal experience. But yet, if we get back to the basics, the simplicity of what church is about, it's your faith in Jesus Christ. And it's Christ's love shown and given to us. So that when we are going to go forth and make disciples 
We are going to go forth and share the gospel. We're going to share Christ's love and we're going to share our humility and our humbleness to them. We're going to show them by our acts of kindness that we are here to love and not hate. And I'm very specific on saying love and not hate because far too often I hear this phrase nowadays of there's no greater hate than Christian love. And yet if we were really truly Christians through love, then we would not cast those stones of judgment. We would not throw this book at someone like we were pulling the trigger. But instead, we would use this to help heal and guide. We would use this to help each one of us understand who it is to be a follower of Christ and a true follower of Christ. Humble, caring, kind, loving, willing to bring peace to others' lives before your own. Willing to stand up in the face of persecution for what's right for someone else. That's the true acts of love, and that's truly what's needed if we're going to call ourselves Christians. So with a quick recap for today, we have talked about the fact that what's needed in this world more than ever is God's love. Being here on earth and shown by us. So I ask you fellow siblings, are you prepared to go forth as followers of Jesus Christ and give to the world what's needed? Let us pray. Dear Lord, we come to you as faithful servants, looking for your continued strength, your continued healing, your continued grace, your continued mercy, your continued discernment that we might walk into this world as your disciples, sharing your kindness, sharing your peace, sharing your love, ultimately, and bringing forth hope through our faith in you and your presence in this world. As we continue to ask for those things, we do it in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Our final hymn today is Because He Lives. And at least for me, it is because he lived and he taught that I am able to face my days and to face whatever they bring. Let us sing. God sent his son, they called him Jesus. He came to love, heal and forgive. He lived and died to buy my pardon. An empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives. Because He lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future, and life is worth the living just because he lives. And then one day, to 
hold sweet newborn baby and feel the pride and joy he gives but greater still the calm assurance the child can face on certain days because he lives because he lives I can face tomorrow because he lives all fear is gone because I just because he lives and then one day I'll cross the river I'll fight life's fight no war with pain and then as death gives way to victory of glory and I'll know that he lives because he lives I can face tomorrow because he lives all fear is gone and then I know he holds the future Life is worth the living just because he lives. Because I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. Amen and amen. Let us pray. O oh God, as the showers renew the earth, bathe us in your healing power. Stretch out your hand that we may live and know that you alone are God, in whose faithfulness we have life all our days. Amen. And amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Siblings in Christ, go in peace. Amen and amen. Are you looking for some Christian-based apparel to wear? Masks, hoodies, shirts, possibly women's leggings? Then look no further than checking out our Teespring store at teespring.com backslash stores backslash worship dash without dash walls. It's all custom designed from us here at Worship Without Walls. Again, that is teespring.com backslash stores backslash worship dash without dash walls. Hope you find something you like for you or your loved ones. Have a blessed day.